0: When we uh, one of the times we played we, when I was in Buffalo, we played in Green Bay, and Brett said it was the game that we were there was the coldest game he ever played in Lambeau. And like, dude, seriously? <laughs> I mean, like that's that's the game that's the game I get to play in Lambeau. Yeah, <laughs> is Brett's coldest game? Well, was it cold? Uh, it was pretty cold.
1: Hi, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to the Brats and Beard podcast.
2: Hello tailgaters. Welcome back to the Brats and Beers podcast. We are excited to bring you another incredible interview guest today. We have a former Super Bowl champion quarterback that played 14 seasons in the NFL with nine of those being with the New England Patriots. He is a four-time pro bowler, the 1994 NFL Passing Yards leader, and he played high school football and owns a winery in arguably the best named city in the U.S., Walla Walla, Washington. Everyone, please help me welcome Drew Bledsoe to the show. There we go. Yeah. Yeah that's
0: a that's a Woo. great intro dude that is a great intro i'm gonna have it, to have i'm gonna I, I know you're recording this i might i might pirate that and just put that on the screen whenever <laughs> i'm coming up i uh, hey, love that shit
2: use it if you'd like I, it took me about four hours to come up with it today i was so nervous <laughs> and <proud. laughs>
1: i know you got one of those mirrors where it can say things you can type things into it just have it run across like a banner yeah. <laughs> every time you're, you're brushing your teeth
0: I, you know what seriously every morning like yeah that's right that's right i am I'm I, did I'm I did that i did that and god damn and god <laughs> (laughs) damn it people like me
2: (laughs) uh well thank you so much for joining us um to to kind of start out obviously with with the NFL season kind of wrapping up here recently um do you still watch a lot of games like are you still like a fan or like I guess what what's your attention to the NFL right now
0: you know what yeah I do and 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 I still love it and um I, I, I love, and and I've always loved watching quarterbacks, man. I grew up in the, I grew up in the era of Marino and Elway and, you know, Jim Kelly and all of these guys. So I love watching quarterbacks. And so I'm really excited about the way the game has evolved where it is very passing centric, you know I mean? It's like, it's, you know, you can throw for a ton of yards, you know, you can't, you can't touch the receivers. You can't touch the quarterbacks. So, like, there's part of me that, like, okay, this is really awesome to watch. But I also find myself being super fucking jealous of the guys that get to play in this era where you don't get to touch them. I mean, if you – like, if you call the quarterback a name when you run by, it's a flag <laughs> and a fine. And you can't touch the receivers. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – it's, uh, so I, I, I love watching it. I'm a huge fan. I'm a horrible gambler. Uh, I, like, like, this year, all-time worst – ever uh <laughs> gambler on, on pro football um but um uh but i'm also i'm just kind of a little bit jealous man when you, yeah. you if you get to play quarterback and nobody ever gets to touch you yeah uh, dude that's, that's that's kind of that, that's that seems like cheating
2: that's funny because that was my next question was do you think the game has gotten soft but you just answered
0: that so, <laughs> so I, I so i'll, I'll give you an, i'll give i'll give you an honest answer to that question so an honest answer to that question no the game is not soft um it's still the biggest baddest dudes on the planet that are playing this game the changes that they've made at every level um are super important for the future of the game um because you know i remember my my brother and i would talk back in the day like uh, you know i don't know 12 15 years ago like dude somebody's going to die like like, like like there there's going to be somebody's going to die on the field in a collision because guys are getting faster stronger bigger at the same time and you just apply the physics to that dude it's, it's going to be a problem and so the changes that they've made in football um across the board um from you know youth football all the way through the nfl are entirely positive um but it is a different game it's a different game you know like the you know, shoot, John Lynch is going into the uh, going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If John Lynch had had to play under these rules, that he he would have been playing for free. You know, like <laughs> he, he hit he hit people too hard. Uh, for sure. but it's been, it's entirely it's entirely positive and super necessary. But it's definitely a different game and it's a little softer for sure. Yeah,
2: for sure. Did you have uh, obviously like you've had your fair shares of like injuries and things that have happened? And how many like concussions like do you think that you actually like? had throughout your playing career?
0: Shit, I can't remember.
2: <laughs> uh, great answer. Um,
0: great answer. Um, no, the, well, I mean, the truth was, and I think everybody that's that, that played for a while knows, knows this, that, 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 you know, back in the day, um, you know, there were a whole bunch of guys that were concussed every game. Um, and, you know, you just played. You were, you were, quote, unquote, dinged. Yeah. Was the uh, was the term was the term back in the day? You know, you didn't you didn't have a concussion. You just were you were just dinged. But um, the funny thing for me, I, I had I had a really interesting phenomenon. It was it was actually it was finally diagnosed as uh, a trauma induced migraine, um, which is a concussion. But it would happen like it would happen like once a year. I started. I think my first first time it ever happened to me was my sophomore year of college. And what would happen is if I got tackled, it wasn't like the hit, it was when my head hit the turf, um, and when that happened, um i would it would get all kind of starry, and then I would lose the peripheral vision on the left side of my face for about fifteen to twenty minutes and so uh so I, the first time it happened, I was like, God, that's weird, you know and but then it happened enough it would happen you know usually like once a year. So it got to the point where I would have a plan with our offensive coordinator where we're like, all right, look, this is probably going to happen at some point. Um, What I need you to do is, first of all, run the ball uh, because I can't see this half of the field. But second, I need you to call plays where I start looking to the left because if I look to the left, then I can peripherally see everything over here. If I look to the right, now all of a sudden I'm blind to 66% of the field. Um, And uh, so we would do that. It did – that actually happened in Minnesota. I was playing for the Bills, uh, and, and uh, in Minnesota that happened, and I told Kevin Gilbride, who was our coordinator, like, hey, man, I just got hit. I'm not quite right. Can we run it for a little bit? He goes, no, I think I'm, we're just going to throw it. <laughs> so we came out, and we started chucking it, and we ended up winning that game in overtime. And I think even with all Josh Allen's success, I think that's still – the single game passing record wow. uh, for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and I couldn't see half of the fucking field the whole time I was out there. Dude, I, I, I should have played blind the rest of my career. Yeah,
3: that's impressive. Oh my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, so on this podcast, Drew, we don't really like talk people up or anything. So like, I don't want you to feel too good, but uh, at what point in your life did you f- know you were going to play in the NFL? Like, was that like freshman in high school where you're like, I fucking got this shit? Or was it at college where you learned that?
0: So, yeah. So it's an interesting question, man. And, I, I, and I'll actually be honest with you on this. And this is something I don't know I've ever said in an interview because that's, that's actually a really good, it's, it's, it's a really cool question. Um, so when I was, uh, well, first of all, when I was in middle school, if you guys saw me, you're like, yeah, no, that dude, uh, I hope he's really good at school. I hope he's good at math. And he's like, like is he going to be an accountant someday? Uh, just like I grew, I grew really fast. It was really gangly and just, you know. Um, but then uh, I went to a football camp. My was uh, going into my sophomore year of high school. And there were some pros there. There was, um, you know, Neil Lomax was there. Um, I think, you know, I did a camp. I'd gone to it for a bunch of years. But I got up and, and we're doing like a, the, the pros were doing like this demo thing at the end of, at the end of camp. And uh, Lomax is throwing and I'm 15 and I'm throwing. And like he throws and I throw. And, he, and uh, Lomax actually told me to go sit down um, uh, because I was actually throwing it harder than he was. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so for me at that, me at that point, I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's Neil Lomax. He, I mean, he was a pro bowler a couple of times and, and great guy. I love Neil to death and he's, he's still a good friend. Um, but, you know, at that point I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, in terms of just throwing it hard, uh, I'm already there. And I was like a 15-year-old. Um, and that's really when it first occurred to me. I was like, oh, maybe this could be a thing. Um, and then when I got to Washington State, um, I, I, be- I became the starter halfway through my freshman year. Um, and, uh, at the end of my freshman year of college, still an 18 year old at that point, uh, Mel Kiper went on ESPN and said I was going to be the, the number one overall draft pick in, what? um, wow. in, 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 three years. Um, and, uh, which, you know, that, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Obviously. I mean, dude, come I in, who doesn't want to hear that? Um, right. but it was, but it was also kind of shitty because then it was the question I had to ask I had to answer every Time I did an interview for the rest of my, my two years uh, at Washington State. It was like, hey, are you going to stay? Are you going to go? I'm like, dude, leave me alone. I'm just trying to win a game. Um,
3: <laughs> you, you are one of two, yeah. two that, right? True freshman quarterbacks at Washington State.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the kid that played this year, uh, uh, he was the first one to, uh, uh, to actually start the first game. But of course, that's with the you know that's COVID, man. It doesn't oh, count. Oh,
3: sure, sure. That's I'm co- with, it's you. COVID. It I'm with you. It Doesn't, it doesn't count. 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 No, nope. nope. yeah, no.
0: Nope. And, and, and by the way, as we're talking, as we're talking about like COVID and and records that have an asterisk next to them, you, dude, I watched the Bills play this year, and I'm a super huge Buffalo Bills fan, I, and I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. But <laughs> dude, that dude took down my single season passing record this year. <laughs> I watched him play in Buffalo in November, and he's in shirt sleeves. Like he, like he's out there with like he's with his shirt, in shirt off shirt in November. Sleeves. Like that doesn't even that doesn't count, dude. In November in Buffalo, you're supposed to play in driving drizzle that's yeah. blowing forty miles an hour off the lake, and, and you know. So I, I, I just I don't think that record counts. I think I thought he was that. Matt
3: Stafford. <laughs> <laughs>
0: By the way, so we should talk about Matt Stafford. That dude, I am so excited for him to play for a good team finally. Dude, that that guy has been an amazing quarterback for so long. Oh my god, I'm so mad at you. I'm just telling you, dude. I, 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 I'm sorry, dude. It's just that the proof's in the pudding, man. The evidence is out there, dude. He has been an amazing quarterback for so long.
3: Marvin Jones,
0: Marvin Jones isn't good. (laughs) I will tell you though, if. It sounds like you're a bit of a Lions fan. No, I'm, uh, not. He's I'm a,
3: not. He's a Vikings
2: fan. That's even worse. Yeah, we'll <laughs> that later. I don't know why you'd I would,
3: want want Matt Stafford. I'd rather think, have Matt Stafford
2: uh, than Jared Goff.
3: I'd rather have I think, Drew Bledsoe right now over <laughs> Matt Stafford.
0: <laughs> well, dude, I've been drinking a little bit today, so dude, you probably don't want me right now. But maybe, like, maybe tomorrow afternoon, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be buttoned up tomorrow afternoon. Drew, also, any
1: one of us here would take Matt Stafford over Kirk Cousins, so you shouldn't be tripping. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> I, I
0: think I, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, keep, keep guys, going. No, he said it. He said it. No
2: comment. It. No comment.
3: <laughs> that's pretty
2: interesting. I didn't say anything. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I to
3: hear it from anything. a true quarterback is a lot true. different than hearing it from other people.
1: We got to go back a couple statements ago when you said uh, you're still kind of a Bills fan. So weren't you kind of sour after uh, you left the Bills and went to Dallas? Wasn't that kind of a,
0: Did you guys got to, did you mend that at, at any point yeah no bc but, no, but, so there's a there's a difference there between um you know how you feel about the, the decision the organization made uh versus what you felt in the town and the city and from the fan base um you know now yeah they 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 obviously made a, a bad decision and and you know it, but um that I don't disagree with or that I disagree with and, and and I think that anybody looks back on it would as well mm-hmm. but that doesn't change my just my huge affection for that place and that fan base and what that whole organization means uh it was such a unique place to play man it was so cool man i remember and first of all, when you go to Buffalo, you think that you're going to the end of the earth. Like, it, you're being exiled. It's like you're going to Siberia, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you, the only way you end up in Buffalo is if you really screwed up and pissed off some oligarch in Russia. Um, but but, the, uh, but um, when you get there, the fans are so loyal. Uh, they treat you so well. Uh, my favorite story is the first, the, uh, the week before the, the season opener, we're playing against the Jets um i drove in early on wednesday morning and as i walked into the the building i asked the equipment guys was like hey what's going on is there a, like an rv show what are they doing they're like no there's people are tailgating like wednesday they would get there tuesday night to tailgate for a sunday game i mean you talk about fucking loyalty man these people were serious about it um and it was just it was a really really cool place to play and so and, and, i mean it's, it's the right question but 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 you, uh, but you separate, you know, how you feel about the decision that your, you know, your organization made from how you feel about the fan base and the team and the organization as a whole. And, and, uh, and that's, and that's uh, you know, it's like the Patriots. Dude, I, 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 I love Robert Kraft. I love going back to New England. They obviously fucked up, you know, when they played that kid out of Michigan over me when I got healthy um, because he went on to be a colossal failure. Um, <laughs> But, but, even, but, he, but even though Tom Brady has been nothing but a failure in the rest of his life, um, I still like that organization.
1: He has lost more Super Bowls than you.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true. He's also yeah. thrown a lot more intercep- Super Bowl interceptions than I have. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been sacked more in Super Bowls than I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been a real train wreck for him ever since uh, I left. And uh, he no longer had his, you know, his real mentor, his sensei. uh it's been a real train. it's been a real train wreck for him ever since then
3: all right i don't want to talk about tom brady but was there any indication early on that he has the skill level that he has
0: uh no it's so i'll I'll answer this honestly i won't be an asshole Uh, um um the thing that the the thing that that tom had then that he still has now that that i think um well there's a, a couple of things um that, that actually really do make him unique. He was, he was a guy back then that just decided he was going to outwork everybody else. Like he literally was going to outwork everybody else. And he's still done that. Now he's made that into a company this TB 12 thing. And he was also, he was an absolute sponge for information. Uh, he was in my hip pocket and was asking me questions at an an, an annoying level. Um, um, but he was just, you know, he was, he was, he he was a guy that was just, he was so, uh, laser focused and still is to this day, apparently laser focused on seeing how could, how good he could be at playing football. Um, that, um, I felt like, I felt like he was going to be around for a long time, um, I did not feel like based on watching his talent level, I did not feel like he would probably ever be an NFL starter. Um, and I'm on the record. This is not, this is not like breaking news. You know, I'm on the right. record with this. Right. And, and I don't, and I don't think anybody else thought that otherwise he wouldn't have fallen to the sixth round. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, certainly didn't think that he would go on to be, you know, what he's become. Um, but he's also, he's, he's, he's a guy that just, he's just, he's sort of one of those natural leader kind of guys that people gravitate to, um, that, uh, uh, and even when he was on practice squad and running scout team, you know that scout team was was uh, they were they were getting after it, and he was leading them, and he was treating every scout team rep like it was a rep of the Super Bowl. So, um, so yeah, I mean, seven Super Bowls, and you know, like, and just like all of that stuff, nobody's ever predicting that certainly. Um, but I did feel like he was probably going to be around for a long time because he was just one of those guys. And, um, and I'll stop talking in a second, but, um, but a lot of, a lot of what people don't realize, and this is why teams miss on quarterbacks so much is that the physical attributes ab- above a certain plateau, right? You know, okay. You got to be able to throw the ball this far. You got to be this. act. the physical attributes, um, don't make up very much of that equation. You know, I mean, shit, Joe Montana, come on, dude, you know? 6'2", 185, couldn't throw it 50 yards. You know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Peyton, who's going into the Hall of Fame now, at the end of his career, when he won his last Super Bowl, I know John Elway was up in the booth saying, I can throw it better than that guy, right? You know, and and John Elway was pushing 60. And, you know, and and he's like, I can throw it better than Peyton can right now. But the physical attributes are, are a, a much smaller piece of the equation than uh, than people would think when it comes to playing quarterback. It's about leadership. It's about um, accountability. It's about intelligence. It's about anticipation. It's about seeing the future. It's about understanding, you know, the big picture of everything. And that uh, uh, that part is, is, you know, and that's what Tommy is. He's never going to be the most physically gifted dude, you know, in any NFL room with a bunch of quarterbacks. He's... he's A lot of times, he's going to be the least gifted dude physically. If you put all thirty-two up, he might be the least physically gifted of the thirty-two, but he's the guy that's won the most championships. Uh, Gisele said the same thing. (laughs) I was
1: going to say my vote's for you because you're
2: on this uh, podcast and he's not. So
1: (laughs) there you go. Right. Enough about Brady. I got a a real question though. So for real, I am like I'm as petty as the next guy. So. You, you move on from New England, you go to Buffalo, and then you have, what I remember, uh, a more of a career year, like 4,300 passing yards and a Pro Bowl appearance. Did that feel, in that moment in time, did that feel good? Like, kind of like a,
0: hey, fuck you? Oh, no, there's no question. I mean, come on, dude. It, like, anybody that's ever been fired, mm-hmm. you want to go back and kill your old company. There, there, There's no question, And and, you know, I'm fundamentally competitive, and Um, And, you know, anybody that leaves one team goes to another team and then comes back and says, oh, no, it's just another game. They're completely fucking lying to you. It's it's not that, you know, you really want to kill them. Um, You know, and I really, you know, I mean, I really wanted to, I wanted to win a a championship in Buffalo. I wanted to win a championship with the Cowboys. Um, And, you know, there's a fundamental piece of that. They're like, yeah, no, I want to stick it to them. You know, I want to, I want to show him. I mean, that's just a, comp- shit, we're all competitive people. Um, and, you know, and, you know, and of course, you know, and, and Tommy has been, I, I haven't seen any, like the interviews after the Super Bowl. I know he's been completely classy about everything because that's how he does everything. But we all know what that is, right? You know, you win that championship and you're like, hey, uh, Belichick, how you like me now. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, that's, 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 but he doesn't have to say it because he won.
2: Yeah, right. And, yeah, and, uh, it's it's uh, fucking bullshit.
0: Thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a natural thing. And I and I, you know, and, and and like the truth is, you know, my my first year in Dallas, I should have gone to the Pro Bowl in Dallas my first year down there, um, but you know, didn't get voted in. But I was like, okay, well, you know, if I leave New England and I go to Pro Bowl in Buffalo and I go to Pro Bowl in Dallas, you know, when I when I retired though, the day that I retired, this is a true story, the day that I retired. I held the single season passing records for three franchises, for uh, New England, uh, Buffalo, and Dallas. Nice, so, <laughs> that's impressive. But, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, don't I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put that out there. But, but no, you're <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're spot on though. It's like it's no, it's like hey, we're all competitive and shit. Now I'm in the wine business, and I love all wine, but I want ours to be the best. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. know, mean that's just kind of that's how you work.
2: What team did you hate like playing against the most, and why was it the Jets? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a perfect question. Um, I, I, yeah, no, the, the, the Jets. Um, there, everything was hateable about the Jets. <laughs> like they got, I mean, they got, they, they got, I mean, they got shitty colors. Um, you know, <laughs> green and white—that's boring. Uh, they're the worst fans. I mean, the fans. So my, my rookie year, we went down to go play the Jets. We came out in the Old Meadowlands, and um, they booed us when we came out. And then when the Jets came out, they booed them louder. So they booed the Jets in pregame. So I mean, just fundamentally awful fans. Um, and then um, I don't know, they just they were, they were never very good. And then, and then of course, Mo, Mo Lewis ended my tenure in, uh, in New England, so you add that to the pile.: true.
3: Mo, Mo Lewis, Mo Problems, right?
0: <laughs> dude, that's a terrible joke, dude. I, dude, I, I
1: told him that I, pre, I, pre-podcast. I'm going to be honest. No, I told dude, him that.
0: I said, don't fucking pull that yeah, dude. And once no, I heard sure. her name, I said,
1: oh, fuck, here we go.
0: No, I dude, heard that's, 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 that's terrible. So that's a bad, bad dad joke. Are you a dad, Drew? Soon to be. Dude, hey,
3: you know what? I'm about to be. And uh, is your daughter's name Haley or Healy. 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 That is very unique, and I like that. Some people don't, but yeah. I do.
2: Drew, are you naming your daughter you Healy? Are you telling well, us right he, now?
3: Healy Hackenmiller. I don't know. What up? Oh, what Oh, wow!
0: I like
2: that actually. Mm-hmm. That actually, is nice. I think you should. It's, do it.
0: it's worked out. It's worked out. It's worked out pretty well. She just. She actually just got into college. She uh, she's going to Colorado College. She's going to play basketball the cross at Colorado College. So nice. It's not going life. to Washington so, State. No, she uh, she couldn't pass the uh, she couldn't pass the mirror test to get into Washington State. <laughs> you guys know the you guys know the mirror test, right? To get into Washington State, they hold the mirror under your nose, and if the mirror fogs up, you get in. That's 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 how Washington State <laughs> works. Con- con- Colorado College. Colorado College actually has like a real entrance uh, policy, so she had to work pretty hard to get that, and she got it done. So we're pretty proud of her. <laughs>
2: oh, I love that. That's awesome. That is too funny. Appreciate it. So, Drew, what is your what's your favorite memory from playing? I'm sure there's so many, but like, do you have anything that really sticks out to you?
0: You know, so the the, uh, the like the, the the first answer that jumps out. Um, when you ask that question, and I think this is the same for a lot of guys, uh, I just love being in the locker room, I like just being in the locker room. With it, you know, I'm a, I'm a small town kid from the middle of nowhere, southeastern Washington, and all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by a bunch of guys from all different walks of life. Man, guys from the Southern California, guys from the inner city, uh, and and everything in between. And being in that locker room as a young kid with all these, these dudes uh, and starting to kind of learn and listen and, like, experience how other people lived their lives and what their life experience was, man, that was just the coolest thing, man. It was – and it's, uh, it's honestly it's – uh, it's one of the reasons that I'm so glad that the NFL actually found a way to play this year because uh, I just think it's a model for how society should be. Like, hey, look, we, you go sit down and you got a whole bunch of people from whole, all different walks of life. Um, we're not all the same. You know, we're not, we're not trying to pretend we're all the same. We're all different. Um, but I want to learn from you. You want to learn from me. I want to respect what you grew up with. You respect what I grew up with. And then learn from each other. And then you learn how to coexist and you learn how to work together towards something. It was fucking awesome, man. I mean, it was really cool, man. I got, I've got great friends um that that i played with that uh i mean i grew up in walla walla washington um our house i know we had a house key but i never knew where it was like we would go on vacation and we wouldn't lock our house right yeah and then i'm talking to bruce armstrong like dude what was it like growing up he's like dude it was terrifying man there was bullets flying everywhere um and you know i couldn't go outside after dark I'm like, man, that sounds awful. And and he goes, yeah, no, but it made me who I am, and and you know, and now I respect it. He goes, I like your life a lot better, but but you know, but it it was a it was a really cool thing, man. That social experiment of being in an NFL locker room, um, you know, really should be a model that's looked at more in depth.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so we had one of our one of our listeners, um, Cam. So shout out to Cam for, for submitting this question, but he wanted you to elaborate on a story that he had heard um, that you were supposed to be in the role that Brett Favre ended up getting and there's something about Mary and you weren't able to accept it because you injured your neck uh, diving into a mosh pit at an Everclear concert. So can, yeah. you, can you tell us if that's true and elaborate on that, please? <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, no, I'll tell the story. <laughs> so the real story was: so the 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 Farley brothers did something about Mary and They're Boston guys, um, and uh, they uh, the first pick uh, for that for Far's part in that in that show, uh, Cameron Diaz um, it was a Niners fan, so she wanted Steve Young, and I go, like, oh, yeah, we'll call Steve Young, and, and Steve is like, well, it doesn't really fit. <clears throat> it doesn't really fit for the Mormon boy to. Uh, you know, be in that movie. <laughs> well, next, the Fairley brothers are Boston guys, so they called me. Um, and there are two reasons I didn't take it. One was, um, it was in the summer, I was in Montana. And during that time in my career, you know, when I, when I had that downtime in Montana, I didn't leave for anything. Like, I, there was not even a number that, that I would leave for. My agent was under orders. And like, hey, don't even don't even call me. But he called me about that movie. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going. But I also uh, was still uh, um, sort of suffering and I'm I'm really glad it didn't happen in this day and age. Um, Now, actually it might've been better if it was this day and age because people would have known it wasn't that bad. But went to an Everclear concert at the Paradise Nightclub in downtown Boston. And Everclear. If you don't know Everclear, go look at Everclear. Great, great grunge band from uh, uh from the, the mid nineties. Just some great songs and one of my one of my favorite bands. We went out, we had just had our first kid, and I hadn't been out with the boys in two months. Like I literally <laughs> had I've been a I'd been like a good soldier. I was home, I was changing diapers, I was doing all this shit. I'm like, all right, we're gonna go out. It's Thursday night, we're gonna go see Everclear at the paradise. And um so maybe had a couple too many cocktails uh, but the way that it all went down was i told max lane I was like hey max you got to go up on stage and if you go up on stage i'll you know give you a couple hundred bucks or whatever i know whatever it was and so max goes up on stage he comes back he's like hey give me my money I'm like no dude i said you had the stage dive you got to go back up so max goes back up and he's 320 pounds <laughs> he goes up and jumps off the stage which was a bad idea um and so then they start calling for me to come stage dive. And I'm like, okay, well, I've had enough drinks. I'm going to go stage dive. And, uh, Who was they? Was that,
1: was that Everclear that was calling for you? Like the band themselves?
0: It was the crowd. And, okay. um, and then, um uh, And then, Art, Alex Akas, uh, who was the lead singer, they, like, waved at me and I come up and... And then, unfortunately, some, uh, some, uh the, the, the girl got kind of hurt. And, and, yeah, oh. she survived. She was fine. She was fine. Um, but I think once she figured out that it was me that went off the stage, all of a sudden, she, her neck hurt quite a bit more. And um, so it was a pretty big, pretty big lawsuit. But the, the, shitty thing, the shitty thing was, to, honestly, like in retrospect, now, if I could do it over again with all the repercussions, like, no, wouldn't have done it. It was still pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, the, but, the, but the crappy thing was that, 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 okay, so this is a night out in Boston. And it wasn't treated like a little thing. It was the front page of the paper for six days. Yeah. <laughs> like the Boston Globe, Boston Herald. Not, not the front page of the sports section, not in the society column. It was the front page of the friggin' paper. Like, dude, come on, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I was at, that, at that point, I was 24 years old and, you know, going out and just, yeah. So anyway, wow. I'm glad a lot of my NFL – I was a pretty good boy for the most part. Uh, but I'm glad most of my NFL life occurred before – Everybody had a camera in their pocket and before social media and all that stuff. I can't imagine what these guys, they can't do shit. They can't do shit now. I mean, dude, it's, 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 it's kind of tough. Right.
3: Yeah. Dude. Uh, if it was 1993, you know, first round, what team do you want to go to? That's not the Patriots. Is it the Seahawks? Are you a Seahawks fan?
0: <laughs> so, well, so remember I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty old. Um, so growing up in the Northwest, this was back in, you know, you had network television. So you got to watch um, like two games in the morning and two games in the afternoon. And then you had, and then you had Monday night football. And you always watched your regional team. So I watched the Seahawks growing up, whether they were good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Um, and I also was like, I'm a small town kid, man in Boston. Jeez, man, the first time, the first time, uh, well, I guess the second time I was ever on an airplane that went, you know, to the East coast was at the draft. Like I'd never been there. So it was so foreign to me. Um, And so I I did want to stay close to home. I really did. I thought I wanted to play for the Seahawks. I'm really glad I, I'm really glad that didn't happen. It was such a cool experience being in, uh, being in Boston and being a part of that. But, but if you ask me like just prior to the draft, I actually had the conversation with with my agent um, like, Hey, is there any way that we can, you know, drop to two and go to the Seahawks, um, you know. Um, but the other one, and this, you, you, you'll <laughs> like this. So but, but prior to the draft, um, there were like four or five teams that were kind of in the mix. So it was the Patriots, Seahawks, they had the top two draft picks. Uh, the Chiefs were in the mix somehow. I don't remember exactly how. And then the Raiders. The Raiders had made noise about wanting to get like this big, you know, pocket passer. And so I went and did this trading card shoot on the beach in um, down in, in uh, LA. And so we had all four jerseys. We had the Patriots jersey, we had the Seahawks jersey, we had the, uh, the, the Chiefs jersey, and we had the Raiders jersey. And I knew Fred Beletnikoff growing up, so I kind of always had this Raiders thing in my heart. And when they had the 11 in silver and black with Bledsoe on the back, I'm like, dude, this is really cool, Damn. this is really cool. <laughs> um and i tried to get him to let me keep the jersey they wouldn't let me keep the jersey i was so pissed I was like, dude, dude, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 one would have been cool man just like just the 11 silver and black raiders and all that it, it would have been really cool just the luck of it
2: um so your middle name is mcqueen is that correct is that middle name is mcqueen is that yeah. after steve mcqueen
1: or what, what is that <laughs> no, <laughs> what's that from No, it's
0: not no it's no it's not it's uh that story would be cool, but the uh, but the real story is actually the real story. It might actually even be cooler because it's an old family name. Uh, the the oldest generation that I knew that had the middle name uh, McQueen was uh, my great grandfather Albert McQueen Bledsoe, um, and he was uh, Rear Admiral of the Navy in World War II. He was actually in the chart in charge of the Allied occupation of, of uh, Tokyo Harbor after the war. Uh, uh, he was like, he was, he's like, he he was, he he was like right below, um, like MacArthur and Nimitz and all those guys that we know from world war two, he was their guy right below that. So it, uh, it was kind of cool, man. It's cool to carry that, that military heritage in our family.
2: That is cool. That's awesome. So after an, uh, a special incident in 2018, did you and uh Terry Rozier become best friends? because of the whole Eric Bledsoe incident?
0: <laughs> Dude, that was so funny, man. That was so crazy. It was, uh, so, and, and, and I actually got, so I actually got the real story behind this whole thing. So uh, uh, what happened was they were getting ready to play the Bucks, and um, Terry Rozier was with some of his buddies the night before and they were talking about Eric Bledsoe and his buddies were talking about me. They're talking about Drew Bledsoe. Well, he didn't know who the fuck I was like he was too young he didn't even know who, like Drew Bledsoe who the fuck, you don't know Drew Bledsoe you play in Boston you know like and so they were talking yeah. about they were talking about you know me so when he went to the the like he went to the press conference he actually made a legitimate mistake and instead of instead of calling my cousin Eric instead of calling instead of calling him Eric he called him Drew Bledsoe it was an honest mistake and then it became this thing, and uh, so I went out for a game, and uh, Wick Grosbeck, who owns the Celtics, you know, brought me down and sat sat down there, and and uh, uh, you know we did that, and then I brought out the Terry Ro the Terry Rozier jersey, and and uh, you know did the whole thing. I I, I need to reconnect with him though, because I think when he retires, I think we should do a Terry Rose. Oh,
1: um, and, and,
0: Damn, and uh, that's sweet. Then, launch launch that in boston i think it'd be pretty good
2: that's a great idea yeah that was hilarious because like obviously we're we're bucks fans at least cody and i are so uh when he did that it was kind of funny and it seemed like it was an honest mistake at the time but then he showed up wearing your jersey the next day and we were like oh shit like
0: yeah (laughs) it it, it, it became it became a thing you know which is funny (laughs) and i actually i actually reached out to eric like hey dude let me let me send you some wine, man this is not a personal thing man it was just kind of funny right um, and he responded, but then he never sent me his address, so he doesn't get any wine. Maybe he doesn't like wine. I don't know. All the NBA guys seem like they like wine, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking my cousin Eric should reach back out and I can send him some, uh, send him yeah. some dues. I <laughs> feel on, like that's, a,
1: that's like an ex athlete thing. I feel like a lot of these professional athletes go on to the wine yard. Why is that?
0: It's an, inter- it's, it's an interesting question. And, and, and honestly, when, when we first started the business, it was something that worked against us. Because a lot of guys went in and like, oh, I'm just going to put my name on a wine. And they weren't really serious about what was in the bottle. And, and so when we launched Doubleback, we wanted to make sure that people knew that this was not a passing interest. This was not a hobby. It wasn't an endorsement. Like we actually got out in the vineyard and planted vines ourselves. Like we're out there with the kids. And, you know, like it was a really serious project. So we had to overcome that stigma a little bit. Now, the good thing is that over the past, you know, 15, 16, 17 years, the athletes that are getting into wine now are actually really serious about it. Um, uh, you know, my buddy Rick Meyer, that was, that was we were drafted together in 93, um, he has a really serious wine project in Napa and it's great juice, right? Uh, Damon Heward, who I played with in New England, he and Dan Marino partnered on a, a, a winery called Passing Time up here in Washington. Um, and it's serious juice. Like it's really good wine. And you uh, know D Wade's making good wine. Uh, I actually understand. I haven't even tried. It. I haven't tried it, yet, but I guess Yao Ming's wine in Napa is <laughs> actually pretty damn good, right? Um, um, so like people have gotten serious about actually making good wine now. Um, but why guys choose that? Um, I, I can only speak to myself. Um, it's such an interesting business because it's so multifaceted. You're a far, you're, first. You're in land acquisition. You're in real estate. Then you're a farmer and then you have to figure out how to farm properly. Then you're into production. Then you're into marketing and brand building and, you know, launching new products and and doing all these things. It's a really multifaceted business. And, you know, we're, I I think, most successful athletes have some level of ADD um, where just, you know, doing the same thing, you know, day after day is, is not very interesting. Um, But in wine, Uh, it changes all the time and you always have to adapt overcome solve a puzzle put something together and 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 all of that so I think that for me that that was what was most appealing was you know how can you go start with a piece of dirt and then build a business around a piece of art that comes out of this dirt and then you go take that to market and it was uh, that that part's been really engaging and, and it still is to this day I mean we're 14 years in I feel like we're just now starting to figure it out
2: <laughs> that's awesome well i've never been to the northwest so um we're just going to show up one day at one of your uh wineries and come hang out with you
0: if that's cool no dude no appointment <laughs> a- appointment only appointment no, you gotta only. call ahead, you gotta <laughs> call ahead make an appointment but no if you guys ever do if you guys ever do make a trip out come see us in walla walla And I don't know if you guys are into girls or not, but, 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 you know, and and I I don't want to judge, you know, if you're into, you can bring your boyfriend, you can bring whatever you want, but bring your significant other and come to (laughs) Walla Walla. Uh, Come to Walla Walla. It's like the most romantic thing you can ever do. You come out, it's like you drive around in the vineyards, you go downtown, there's great restaurants, great food, great wine, you know, all of this stuff. And it's, uh, Uh, you guys being from the Midwest, man, it'll feel so familiar, but way cooler because you've got great (laughs) wine, great food. It's just, it's a really, it's a beautiful place, man. So, uh, when everything settles down and we can actually start fucking traveling again, um, come, come (laughs) see us, bring, bring, bring somebody you want to impress and bring them to Walla Walla. We'll show you a great time.
3: All right, we'll do it. Um, I'm going to try one more time real quick. So, uh, (laughs) Do you like Mitch Hedberg? Do you know who Mitch, Mitch Hedberg is? Wait, yeah, no, I do, why? Hold on, why do I know well, Mitch? Well, this this one, he's like, uh, I was talking to a Wino once, he was eating grapes. I, t- I was like, dude, you gotta wait.
0: <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. No, I, no, dude, he is brilliant. He is brilliant, he, dude, he's so funny, dude. Damn. Exactly, dude, sure. that's all I had
3: in my For wine sure. wine section on my notes. Yeah, you're funny. i
1: <laughs> <That laughs> fucking awesome. I do have one football-related question, one last one. Uh, So, Drew, if you don't know, he's – Drew, our podcast mate here, he's a huge Vikings fan. And I know that you have two – or had set two records um, with most – or maybe three records, most pass attempts at 70, completions at 45, and then passing yards as a bill in a single game at, like, 463 or something. But it was all against the Vikings. What's up with that?
0: I mean, it's not personal, man. I mean, you know (laughs) – I mean, my, my uh, the Bloodso name is is uh, the Bloodso name is English, you know. So I mean, I guess maybe there's there's some like deep ingrained hatred for all things Viking, maybe. Um, but you know, I I do I do feel bad for Warren Moon though, because um, Warren Moon, if you remember, so the greatest comeback in uh, NFL playoff history was Warren Moon with the Houston Oilers. Against the Bills, Frank Reich brings him back from 35 down, and then for and then for us, dude, they were killing us, man. We were so far down at halftime, <laughs> and then we come back and beat Warren I think it was, to th- uh, was it 20 to three? Yeah, it was. Something yeah, like it was bad. not. It was it was not very close at halftime. It wasn't looking good, and then um, Parcells finally just you know decided to let the reins off and let me throw it around a little bit. Came back and won that game, and then we went on and won the next six and made it to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. But um yeah no it's nothing personal with the vikings drew i mean seriously man i you know much 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 love much love for minnesota yeah um, what, whatever
3: yeah. man whatever <laughs> yeah no you brought up bill parcells what was it like uh bill belichick can you just tell us a little bit more like he's a weird dude, oh those man. guys
0: he's a weird no dude. those guys no he's he, so belichick is he's he's a he's he's a he's a, he's a really really interesting guy um and, you know, we already covered the horrible decision he made choosing Tommy over me. Um, but um, but outside of that, he was an interesting guy to play for. And he was actually a really easy guy to play for um, because it was just matter of fact. There was no emotion involved in anything. You just, you know, it's like just, you know, you, it, was, it was very robotic. And I think that's kind of how it, it, it comes across uh, publicly. But as a player, it makes it pretty simple. I mean, it doesn't make it fun, but it makes it simple. Um, but the crazy thing with Belichick, um, right after we and you know, I'd retired and we launched our our wine project, um, we went out and did this wine tasting at this wine bar that was close to the stadium. And Bill came over, and you know, he came over, and he hung out at this wine deal. And all of a sudden, I got to see him outside of the office. And he's actually fun and funny and engaging, you know, but he, he somehow has this ability to, um, you know, turn off, you know, any emotion, anything, you know, outside of football when he's not in the football setting um, and or when he's in the football setting. He's like, there's there's like Tommy told me one time we were we were uh, we bumped into each other skiing one time and he's a, Tommy's a shitty skier giselle's a much (laughs) better steer but i asked him i was like dude has has, did this bill lightened up at all over the years And he goes dude i'm telling you i think at this point they've been getting been together for 17 years he goes dude i'm telling you bill will walk by me in the hallway and this is tom fucking brady right they've had the most successful run of anybody ever he goes bill will walk by me in the hallway and ghost me like he'll walk (laughs) like you walk by tom and not say hi like like they're not even saying hi you know and and uh um, but I think the reason, and it's going to be a, such an interesting thing to see if 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 uh, Belichick can rebuild uh, in New England, um, because the thing that 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 always has seemed like the magic to me is you've got a great owner in Robert Kraft, got a great quarterback in Tom Brady, that that are both guys that are that are personable, they're leaders, they're you know uh, they're just really really people you want to be around all the time and having those guys bracketed around Belichick allowed him to just be that guy. Um, It'll be really interesting to see if he can rebuild. He's still going to have the great owner, um, but he's not going to have Tom, you know, underneath him um to supply the other part of that it's going to be really interesting to see if he can rebuild and i i can't wait to watch and see if he can do it
1: Well, he had a season mvp sure. and cam Newton. and he should have been able to do it then. That. <laughs> that's
0: true they also they also uh, I, I do feel bad for cam because i think cam's a really good dude man I, I, I everything i've ever heard about him i don't know him but everything i've ever heard about him is he's a really good dude great leader guys love him but he went into new england and all of a sudden there were just no bullets in the gun you know, like they, like they just didn't have the stuff, you know, and they did and have the like pass their defense opt out of the season, too, which doesn't help. Doesn't yeah, help. exactly. Exactly. And so, I, and I, and it's interesting because, you know, Tommy's not, Tommy's not stupid. Uh, he's a smart guy. I, I do think that he, that he saw part of the reason, um, that he elected to make the move, uh, was that he saw what was on the horizon. Like, man, we just don't have a lot of tools here in our toolbox. Um, and uh, especially, you know, because he told Gronk to retire and then come back as a Buccaneer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 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 but I think um, I think Tom did see that, that thing looming on the horizon. That they, they just weren't going to have a lot of tools in their toolbox um, for him to work with. Um, and um, um, so, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they can make a comeback. The other thing that's going to be really interesting, it looks like the Dolphins and the Bills are both going to be pretty damn good. And uh, so the Patriots, one of the things that's been really Struggling. beneficial for them is that their division has been so shitty for so long. Yeah. Uh, they have to plan for three games.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so.
2: well, I have two games at the end that I want to play with you here, but do you guys have any other questions
1: that you, that you guys got? I got a ton of questions, but we can get to the game.
3: <laughs> I can well, talk you...
1: to him for hours. probably.
3: <laughs> I just have one, one last one really quick. just, Ernie Adams, did you have a relationship with him? <laughs> dude, <that's... laughs> not, like, not like that. Like, did you guys get along? No,
0: no, no, dude. That's an amazing poll. That's an amazing poll. Like, most people don't know Ernie Adams. So Ernie was the, uh, he was like the, he's like the the secret spy in the background that's just always around the organization. Nobody knew what the hell he did. Um, but he was, he was uh, Belichick's like eyes and ears he would, as a player, like, did he, he would never talk to anybody. He would just kind of hang in the background. And I had no idea. But it turns out he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant person. Uh, uh, like, genius, I think, uh, level dude. Uh, but his job was apparently just to kind of hang in the background and analyze everything with the organization. I had no idea how much power he had until there was one moment. We were playing the Chiefs, and we were—it uh, was like fourth and goal at the one, late in the game, and we were on the sidelines. We're trying to decide whether going to kick the field goal, whether we're going to go for it, what play we're going to run, and so there were—I don't know—a couple of plays to choose from. And I was like, "Yeah, I like both of those. Let's go eat either one. We'll, we'll make it work." And Belichick is on the phones as we're in the huddle over there, and we're trying to decide which play to go with. And Belichick goes, Ernie, which one do you like? I didn't even know he was on the phones. Like, I didn't. I had no idea what this guy did. And uh, Ernie goes, Yeah, let's go with the, uh, let's go with the play action. And so we ran the play action. We scored, you know, touchdown. But so this guy, like, I'd never heard him even talk. And all of a sudden, when we're at this pivotal moment in the game, Belichick throws it to Ernie, like, Ernie, what play do you like? I'm like, really? <laughs> You know, but 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 he no, he's he's the uh he's he's uh he's one of those kind of shadowy figures that hangs in the background. I think he's also a really good dude. You know, it's like one of those. I when I went back after I was done playing, I chatted him up a little bit. And he's super interesting, man. He's a great dude. But when you but when you were playing, the coaches didn't get to talked to him, the players didn't get to talk to him. He only talked to Belichick.
1: So, is he just like a football IQ kind of
0: guy? I think he had, I think he had a like a uh a uh. Uh, I think he had a business success before that. I need to go back and look at it, but I think he might've built some sort of like tech company and sold that. And then just decided as a hobby, he wanted to go, uh, go work. That's interesting. So all business. All business.
3: All right. Well,
2: let me do
0: a, uh, all right. So what's the game, Sean?
2: So there's a rapid round of questions, just like some either ors and some like random ones I have in here. So um, beer or wine? As you're drinking red wine, wine is the answer.
0: Do I really have to answer? No, no, no.
2: Uh, Brats or burgers? Oh,
0: shit. Uh, uh, I mean, generally, burgers. But a great brat? Come on. right? Can't beat
2: it. Um, Parcells or Belichick? Uh, Belichick. Okay. Uh, Getting sacked or throwing an interception?
0: Getting sacked hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you, I'll give I'll give you a little bit of color. So if I threw an interception, then I might have to go actually try to tackle somebody. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 not doing that. All right. I got you.
2: Um, well you're drinking red wine. I was going to ask red or white wine, but I'm guessing red.
0: Um, yeah, I like, I like them all. I like okay. them all. But if I have to pick, if I have to pick one, I'll go red.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, Batman or Superman? Oh, Superman, for
0: sure. Superman? All right. Um, I, point, say- I, point out to, I point out to my daughter all the time, like, hey, you know, you've never seen your dad and Superman in the same room, have you? Do <laughs> you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> that's you are, awesome. Dad. <laughs> hey, 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 Drew, just add that to your dad joke. Will do. Me. Write it down okay. right now, man. <laughs> yeah. It's an art form.
2: <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your favorite food?
0: uh it's, uh steak steak I don't know. Uh, yeah, of yeah probably probably yeah okay Typical uh, what, alpha.
2: <laughs> what's your dream place to travel or like what's your favorite place you've been
0: oh uh, uh next trip next trip is going to be uh northern italy and then croatia is the next trip that we yes. haven't been to okay um uh we did take the family down to uh costa rica uh, in December. And I, I, I actually, I'm a pretty big Costa Rica fan, nice. but don't tell anybody that.
3: <laughs> you might be targeting the vineyards in Northern Italy or what? Business development, but it's a working trip. <laughs> there you go.
2: There you go. Write it off.
3: <laughs> um, awesome.
2: What's your favorite Instagram or Twitter account that you follow?
0: Oh, dude. Um, so I love, uh, Max Toma and what he's doing, making fun of other guys. golf swings. <laughs> Dude, it's so classic, dude. He is so that classic. College, that's a great answer. Uh,
2: yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's great. great. Um, what was your favorite part of playing an NFL game? I know you kind of you kind of touched on it before, like being in the locker room, but like from running out of the tunnel, like what, like till the end of the game. What was your favorite part?
0: So when I was at the end of my career in in uh, down in Dallas, you know, I, I realized. You know that I wasn't going to do this thing forever, um, and this is the old Texas Stadium, man, like the, the shitty old stadium before they built Jerry World. Um, but walking down the tunnel, I made it a point every time I was walking down that tunnel, I would find a rookie, and I like could a, a young kid who was just wide-eyed, like, "Dude, I can't!" Believe. <laughs> and I would grab him by the back of the shoulder pads, and I would grab him, and I would say, "Dude." how fucking cool is this we get to do this <laughs> and they're paying us and they look at me like oh yeah mr blood so yeah they're like no that's not mr blood so i'm your buddy but but it was like it was just that that moment where we're like dude, dude we actually get to do this and they're paying us for it man it was so fucking that's cool. so cool um what's your favorite dinosaur uh the t-rex
2: t-rex all right uh favorite number Oh, sorry. I called
0: the t- I, by the way, I call my brother the T-Rex because his arms are too short to <laughs> ever reach his wallet. And can't, he can never oh, find his wallet. Oh, so my, my brother, my brother, my brother, is the T-Rex.
3: I love it. I love it. Sean, I got to interrupt. We got one yeah. more game, Drew. Okay. Here, here we go. We got three minutes left. The game is called QB or not QB. Okay. So it's either a quarterback that played with you or backed up behind you, or it's a winery guy, guy who owns a winery. Okay. Are you ready? I'm scared. All right. First one is <laughs> is Tony Romo.
0: <laughs> great ribs. Great ribs. <laughs> they, they make great ribs at Tony Romo's. Yeah, you got that one.
3: <laughs> what about Ollie Smith, quarterback or winery? Wait, a Smith? Ollie Smith. Ollie Smith.
0: Uh, that's got to be a winery. I don't know who that is.
3: Winery is correct. Two for two. All right, number three, David
0: Lowe. David Lowe? L-O-W-E? Yeah.
3: Quarterback or winery? Winery. You are correct. Three for three. Number
0: four, Scott Zolak. Uh, racehorse. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, Zoe's, that's Zoe's claim to fame, by the way. He had, there was a racehorse that was named Zolak uh, that won a race at the racetrack.
3: Four for uh, four. Number five, Michael Bishop.
0: Uh, he was sort of a quarterback. <laughs> Five
3: for five. Eric Arnold. That's
0: got to be a winery. Damn
3: it. Six for six. It's
0: Shane Matthews. Uh, well, I, we never – God, dude, I don't think – we never played together. Did we play together? Yeah, I think we did play together. Yeah, no, he was definitely a quarterback.
3: Seven for seven. Eric Levine.
0: Ooh. Winery. Eight
3: for eight. Todd Philcox.
0: Uh, Todd Philcox was a uh, was a quarterback. And and God, I felt bad for him in the locker room.
3: <laughs> we got one minute, Tom Canavan.
0: That's got to be a winery.
3: Damn, 10 for 10. This guy knows his football. You follow football. Wait, why do
1: we wait? Let's go back to you guys. Why it. do we feel bad for that dude in the locker
0: room? Is that, a, is that a male joke? Phil Cox, man. Dude, I mean, really, Phil Cox. I, uh, I just like, that's <laughs> hard. Life, life, life life's hard life's hard in the locker room. Like making fun of each other is the love language of the locker room. And if your name is Phil Cox, uh dude, that's gotta be hard. So this is a name thing. Well, right. I think
2: we're gonna run out of time here in a second, but I appreciate you, Drew, so much for coming on and we're gonna come out yeah. to Walla, of
1: all of Washington,
2: man, to come hang it's out. It's an honor. Thank you, Drew. Come come
0: see us, we'll have fun.
2: Sounds good. Thank you, Drew. You have a great night.
0: Yeah, cheers, boys.
2: See ya.